Welcome to our 43rd episode of Breaking Bread with C on Relentless Pursuit. Last time I spoke about the gift of salvation. There are so many things we can say about this, but it's really just all about the love of God for his people. And when you think of the love of God, there are so many examples one can give, but one that can come to home for those of you who have had a chance to experience love in any dimension, in whatever the physical realm can offer, whether romantic, whether parental, whether anything. If you have ever been pursued by a person who genuinely loves you, whether they're family, whether it's a romantic relationship, the one who has pursued first, the one who has showed that desire, that want to go for this thing, they have sowed in all aspects, they have sowed their time, their money, their resources, their, their, their presence, their ministry of listening to you, being there for you, doing things for you, thinking intentionally to please you, to make you happy, to make your heart glad. It becomes easy to respond to that love because you have that security that you were loved first. So what could possibly go wrong? So in the first episodes of John, he says, uh, we love because we were first loved. We have a certain assurance, a certainty, something that is unshakable in the reality that God loved us first so there is no reason for him to turn his back on us because he loved us even when we were not aware of this even when we did not necessarily acknowledge or even realize this love that was made present to us and so in the person of jesus christ by one of the greatest and mightiest show of love he says if i could give you my one and only son what else can you imagine that I cannot give you? And it's so reassuring to see that with many other saints, this is a message that is on the hearts of many servants of the Lord. And it means that we are in a time where sin is really abounding. And the Bible says that when sin abounds, grace abounds even more so it means there is so much evil happening in the world in this very moment that the only possible force and power that people can truly respond to is not any degree of affliction because we see wars every day we see riots every day we see um the people who detest one another even in their hearts even if they might not necessarily show it some nations seem like they are advancing they are making all these wonderful strides but genuinely in the hearts of people someone will say something in the intimacy of their home and you will realize that there is still a response that is not there because love has not been made perfect in these individuals and so the only force that human beings will genuinely respond to is the force of love we see throughout history even in the bible we see when people were afflicted with plagues with famine with every kind of thing you can imagine that is an abhorrence to the flesh and they still did not repent but when the son of god was 
put down on a cross and pierced in his side, there are hearts that turned to God. They realized what had just happened and the love overwhelmed them. And this is what causes a man to say yes to Christ. So the gift of salvation is so much, so broad. There is only so much the human language can say. And I pray that even as you grow, even as you listen to these words, even as you hear it, even as you go to church, as you listen to worship, whatever encounter you get to realize or acknowledge the presence of God in your day-to-day life, you will truly say yes to God. Let it never be said of you that you were the fool who said there is no God, who blatantly said no to God. We are living in a time where scriptures are being fulfilled before our very eyes, such as the wisdoms of man being reduced to nothing, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians one twenty. And in the days that are coming, very, very nearly, it will not be enough to just know the law of God. To just know what it says about don't be adulterous, don't do this, don't go here, don't, you know, it, it will just not be enough to know these do's and don'ts. It will necessitate a genuine personal encounter which men, women, and even children will testify of this Jesus in ways that can only come from a personal experience that makes one with what they speak like it makes you one with what you are saying you hear a person talk about jesus and you want to know this jesus you don't know the power that's pushing you to want to know for yourself what this man or woman is speaking because they've become one with that john writes in his first chapter In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's not three different words. It's one Word, but it carries all these um, characteristics of who God is because he's become one with it. When the Pharisees begin to question Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? Or when the people are marveling and they're like, oh, they are marveling at the authority with which he speaks, which is even greater than that of the teachers. It's because Jesus was not speaking of abstract concepts. He was not talking about things he read. He was talking about things that he knows. I have a friend who loves to say that if you cannot simplify something for somebody else to understand, it means that you have not understood it yourself. This is something that I always remember, not just as a minister of a gospel, but in everything that I do, if I am not able to simplify anything for a child, for a layman, for a person who's not gone to school, for a person who does not understand um, uh, as many languages as I might have the grace to, for a person who might not um, be in the same age group or the same trendy era that I am in, if I'm not able to communicate one message across all those spectrums, then it means I have not yet understood it myself. And so it's it's coming to that time where people who have not necessarily been in theology not to say theology is not is not important it will not be enough to have been in theology you will need a personal genuine encounter that involves 
all your senses, spiritual and physical, so that you are made one with what you are saying. It comes with the same authority as it did Jesus because you are one with that thing. You didn't just read it. If you're talking about the goodness of God, you speak of it as one who has genuinely experienced it. You see, if you have a good hairdresser or someone who does good manicure and pedicure, or a doctor who has done um, something on your on your on your aesthetic and they've done it well like there are people who like to go cleanse their teeth there are people who like to wear braces there are people who do this and then you will hear recommendations oh doctor so and so is good at this and you will hear a recommendation like oh this hairdresser is good at this and then people will begin to go there you have something to show for it if somebody is asking you who did your nails it's because these nails are appealing nice to them and so even when you are sharing this jesus it will not be that abstract concept of like oh since i gave my life to jesus there are a few things that went in order and you know it's nice to not just have all those problems it's nice to have a reduced pool of men who are looking eh, to to date you or to marry you it's not just about this abstract concept that reduces your problems but it's this thing that will cause you to not wear a certain dress because you are communicating a message that differs from this person you have come to know. And without further ado, without speaking of a lot of things, I'm only saying that as those days draw nearer, it's so important for the church, for the body of Christ, for whoever the Lord gives the grace to articulate these things as simply as possible it's very important to avoid any form of abstract nuances that are not clearly revealing the heart of god in this season it's very important to not leave room for speculations to leave room for for the mind to linger you know the message version says it better i'll put that that um, scripture in the description box and it says let your yes be your yes and let your no be your no so that your word can mean a thing so that your word can mean a thing. It means if you have said yes, it is yes. You are true in your conviction. You will follow through. You will make that vow and you will do exactly as you have said. And if it is no, it is no. To that point where people know, like, by the way, so let's say no. Just don't even try. Don't even try to, to tell her ABCD. She said no and her no is her no. And we've seen this it's true to many if you have experienced this in your life if you have this boss who says if i i will do this they genuinely do it if it's your parent if it's a kin if it's a brother or sister whatever you realize that these people are easier to trust even if they say no it's not a mixed signal because you know once and for all they have communicated their intention and you know that they are not in the habit of shifting shadows or changing their minds overnight for things that don't seem like to necessitate a change of mind then you're able to trust them whether they say yes or no because you know at least that they have a consistent record of keeping their word 
And so it's to this effect that I feel very strongly to unpack a powerful scripture that I have taught on previously in devotions or in writings for those of you that follow through with the work of this ministry. And from God's own decree, it is written in Deuteronomy 22.5 that a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man nor shall a man put on a woman's garment for all who do so are an abomination to the lord your god in simpler term a woman shall not wear the clothes that belong to a man nor shall a man wear clothes that belong to a woman for all who do so are an abomination to the lord your god this is from the mouth of the lord to moses and the Hebrew word for abomination there, it it says toeva. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It says toeva. And toeva is only used explicitly to describe the things which are detestable in the sight of God. It's those things that can move the heart of love. I'm saying God is love. You know this. If you have been in the faithful long, that is a statement you know. Even if you have not been, you've probably seen it on a mug or on a t-shirt. God is love. So this is these are the things that move the heart of God, the heart of love to wrath, to anger, to to want to cause or to allow affliction you know to want to allow affliction these are the things that get into the heart of god and cause it to allow a certain affliction on a man or a woman of god because they have caused something they have done something that is an abhorrence an abomination to god and so these this word toeva, which means abomination, which means something that is detestable, something that is abhorrent to the sight of God, is used over 112 times, a little over that, in um, especially the Old Testament, the Proverbs, the Ecclesiastes, all these books of wisdoms and things that are established as true. And it's used to express these prohibitions that go to the extreme of like foods you can't eat have you ever wondered why when you think about seafood right um most times people will go for fish they'll go for pretty much everything that that has scales you know all these things are written in the bible it's not new there's nothing new under the sun it's not new if you read deuteronomy 14 you will read all these things that we are not to eat all these things that we are not to indulge in now most of us have probably gone into this there are things i myself had never realized the root of why certain people will not eat this there are moments i thought there are people who are being over spiritual but then there's a time where that revelation i was talking about even in the gift of salvation that it comes to you from inside that god causes you to see a reality from his stand from his point of view that you cannot ignore it anymore you cannot you cannot ignore 
the fact that you know it you know the bible says to whom much is given much is required there are things that cannot be asked of you because you don't know them but then the moment you come to that knowledge a necessity is placed on you as a demand to act on what you have come to know and even when judgment is placed it will not be placed on you as one who didn't know because you know so there are things that will come from in you there's something we call a inward witness which is the person of the holy spirit living in us this person when he becomes one with our souls and informs our soul then we begin to produce those fruits in the physical realm and as a person conviction comes from within your spirit and it touches your soul once it touches your soul that's the testimony of two witnesses it is established the flesh only hasn't has to comply because it has become one and so Deuteronomy 14 tells you the, these these animals in the water anything that does not have scales you will not eat and then it tells you anything that does not have clothes of this kind and does not have horns of this kind you will not eat because it is impure for you like a digestion system of a certain animal makes it impure for your body and you are being told this reality by the god who created you and this animal i like i have this example that i continuously give in almost oh, every other podcast and i've talked about it the, about this before if you live with a tv manufacturer most of you have TVs in your homes if you live with the person who manufactured the TV and one morning your TV is not working i don't think you're going to fret about oh my god where am i going to get the money to to buy another one where am i going to get um somebody to fix my TV or i don't have the budget for a new TV right now you will be like wait a minute the person who created this whole thing lives in this house is in next door room so when he wakes up or when she wakes up i will tell him or her the encounter or the problem i'm having with the tv and so they'll be able to fix it because they created this thing so the same is the living inward witness of the holy spirit in you that is telling you this is the way walking it And so God who created this animal and then created you is telling you that you cannot eat this because its digestive system does not process food in a particular way so it makes it impure and when it comes to you it will do this to your body and you receive that as a revelation and i'm not mentioning any food specifically because my revelation does not necessarily have to be yours and so it is an invitation for you to read scripture to acquaint yourself with it and not just to run with it without knowledge because again zeal without knowledge or this knowledge without understanding is put to waste it's vain this is how you hear all oh, people have fallen people have done this they just tried 
to copy or to imitate supernatural or divine encounters of other believers they heard speak. So that is why even as a minister, you have to be very careful about the things you share. Your testimonies are nice. It's good to hear and it's great because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of our word. But it's important to use wisdom because there are things you will share and somebody, a babes in the faith will just run with it and use it as their own sign or their own um, confirmation or something and find themselves in deceit because you might be doing something out of true revelation that God has entrusted with you to you because he has dealt with you in a particular manner anyway I don't I didn't mean to go all that way but back to the the times where the word tova or abomination is used it's also used to demonstrate or to demarcate idolatrous practices such as sacrificing your children to gods you know there were such a time as people in egypt would sacrifice their children to gods in greece all these cultures that would do abominations there is never a time where god asked for a human sacrifice and the only time it necessitated one he took on flesh and he came and gave it himself and when you read Deuteronomy 12 you will see that that whole thing falls under the category of idolatrous practices and then you come to um, things like magic witchcraft sex offenses soothsaying diviners tarot card readers um, horoscopes all these things that are in new age today all these fall in uh, when you read Deuteronomy 18, you will see that these are toiva to God. They are abominations to God. They are detestable practices to God. There are things that can drive the heart of love. That is love, the heart of God, to anger, to wrath, to allow something to happen to the people he loves so that they may be caused to repent. And so one of the quotes that I have loved for a long time um, is by the Archbishop, I think Desmond Tutu, the one who passed away. And he said, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. If an elephant has its foot on the tail of a mouse and you say that you are neutral, the mouse will not appreciate your neutrality. So what I'm trying to say with this, it's very profound. It's very important for the body of Christ, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a worship leader, whether you are a nasher, whether you are just a believer who goes to church on, on, on Sunday services or whatever midweek service you go to. It's important for you not to keep quiet or to leave any room for any ideas that the enemy can cast on someone's spirit as a vision i think i talked about it in one of the devotions on how the enemy uses the same thing that god uses in terms of imprinting a vision in a man's spirit he has to cast an idea on you people who have struggled with different addictions will tell you i saw my dad drink alcohol and i was tempted to try it and then i tried it one time i was under the influence of alcohol i felt invisible 
sensible. Tried it the second time, the third time. There was a vision that was cast on them. The people that are obsessed with uh, pornography and they are bound right now. They don't know how to come out of it. There's a vision that was cast on their spirit. There's a vision that they saw a magazine or a movie or a scene in a theater or something and they saw it in passing and it aroused their curiosity. If they had not seen it, it would not have awakened that sense to them at all. And so there is power in what you cast on your mind as imagination. And so it's important that the church does not leave room for the enemy to cast such images by just being quiet about certain instances, being quiet about certain things because they don't want to get in conflict with the people or reduce the amount of church members that come or create conflict because the word of God is a double-edged sword. It must offend you. It must offend your mind to reveal your heart and what's in your heart if it is revealed then it is able to be dealt with but if it's not it's not able to be dealt with it's hidden and that's why God is patient and so I want to come down to this Deuteronomy 22 5 where a woman shall not wear clothes that pertain to a man nor shall a man put on clothes that pertain to a woman because when you do that, you are torvah to God. You are an abomination. It's detestable to the sight of the Lord. We are living in a time where we are allowing these things every day. We are, in fact, embracing them. We are calling it um, allowing somebody to be who they really are. But who defines this really are? Reality is different from truth. Reality is dependent on the person who is defining it based on how they see the world. But truth is factual. Truth is proven. Truth is tested. And truth remains. Today, if you deny Jesus, it will not reduce the fact that he's still Jesus tomorrow. Someone else will receive him and receive all that comes with him. And it is true on the full spectrum of everything that pertains to truth. So today, if you say that it is okay to wear this because I feel comfortable to do so, it is your reality, but it's not the truth. And I want to um, take you to a very long scripture. Allow me to read it. And today's podcast might be much longer than any I've ever done. But I think the Lord gives utterance. And we're reading from Leviticus 18, chapter 18. And we go from verse 6. And it says, None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. And there is a full colon and it says, I am the Lord. So God is saying there are things that we know are wrong, but no one has ever told us that it is wrong. For example, seeing your parents naked, your mother or your father. The first reflex you will have, even if it's an accident, is to close your eyes. No one wants to see that. Some people will tell you the day I saw my parents naked is probably the day they were they were dead. And maybe somebody was needed to wash or clean their body before we put them in, in a coffin and put them to rest. And 
this is these are things that were written in scripture now the bible says people perish for lack of knowledge if you do not read these scriptures there are things you might even die without knowing that they were written a four time for your learning and we know things like this and it says you will not look at the nakedness of your of your wife's sister you will not take that is why you might feel like it's so outrageous if you hear that someone cheated on their wife with their sister and you don't feel as aggravated yes you are aggra- you're aggravated but you don't feel as outraged or as as aggravated if it's just a random woman from somewhere else that nobody knows you'll just feel like okay there's lust there's these things that are happening in the world again we get into the cycle of excusing certain things but when you hear that he cheated on his wife with her sister or she cheated on her husband with his brother you feel a kind of aggravation in your heart that you didn't even know where it's coming from you don't know like what is so bothering about that and that's written Leviticus 18 um uh 18:16 it says you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife it is your brother's nakedness so when the bible says that once man and woman become husband and wife they've become one so it is equal it's as equal as seeing your own brother your own sister naked when you see their wife you are uncovering this these two beings in as much as they are in two different bodies but the lord has joined their souls as one in the gift and 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 the precious gift of matrimony so there are things you will just hear and somehow they make you uncomfortable because you don't really know what exactly is making you uncomfortable that is what i like to refer to in ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 if you read the amplified version it will tell you that he has hidden an eternal search of purpose in the hearts of men that only he can satisfy so whether you believe in god or not there is something in you something in you that will always be like a knock on the door this is a door of your heart it will always knock you from within your heart as not true and what is that it's the witness that bears witness with the spirit that is in you although you might not believe this although you might not be actively engaging your spirit in the matters of god it will always return to its first love and so there are people who genuinely have closed their hearts and minds and are dead to god because of disobedience because they don't want to hear anything about it but even then you if you if if you are a diligent student just go on youtube in your free time and put atheist testimonies atheist converts to christianity you will hear ridiculous stories people who left homosexuality and came to god you will hear these stories of like i was like in a club somewhere where i was having the most fun everything you can imagine and designers like a life of achievement was in that room greatness was standing with me and i still felt 
a deep emptiness and when i went home something i can't explain that's the power of the holy ghost washed over me and i felt a love that i didn't think i deserved and ladies and gentlemen that is the love of god and onwards we go onwards we go now leviticus 18 back to what we were saying verse 20 moreover you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her and you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to molech passing through the fire to molech molech is a deity is an ancient deity that was connected to the sacrifice of children to idol gods and so he's saying you will not sacrifice your own children to idol gods nor shall you profane the name of the lord your god full colon i am the lord and then the part i want to emphasize on you shall not lie with a male as you would with a woman it is tova an abomination to the lord nor shall you meet with any animal to defile yourself with it nor shall any woman stand before an animal to meet with it it is perversion it is abomination it is tova to god now many people will tell you it's not really written anywhere in the bible that i cannot feel how i feel let me explain something to you i've had many questions like what if i was born um gay what if i was born feeling like i like the same gender i realized this when i was four when i was six or when i was 10 i was still a child no one abused me but i realized this thing and but in there even when they're giving you that testimony they will tell you that somehow i felt it was wrong because i wasn't seeing it around because i didn't feel comfortable to say it because i didn't feel like i would be supported you know as a woman for example i'll give you a very uncommon example the first time you get your period you're like a teenager some get it even before they're teenagers you feel embarrassed but then it's blood and it's, it won't go away before the time it's set to be there. So you are compelled to ask for help. You're compelled to ask what is happening to your body. You're compelled to tell your mom or any woman figure that is present there to, to ask them for help. Because this is something you can't stop. And you can't go out in the streets bleeding. You can't go to bed bleeding. You can't go to school bleeding. So you have to ask for help. And indeed, there is help for you because this is something that is universal. But then, when you have these desires, this attraction, same-sex attraction, and you see that it's not common, you see that there are not many people you can ask, and even when there are, you don't really know who to trust and who not to trust, that is the inward witness. That is the Holy Spirit telling you, this is not the way, don't walk in it. Now, it takes great maturity, grace, 
the grace and love of God made true in the life of an individual to say, I will refuse this one thing to my flesh. I will listen to my God. And because he created me, he has the solution to what I am experiencing. We talk about the scene of origin, you know, um, in Catholicism, for example, they'll baptize babies and say, oh, you were born with this sin. And yes, we were conceived in iniquity. So from the hand of God to the womb of the woman, releasing a child, there is nothing wrong with that child because God does not create waste. You do not have a disability. You do not have um, same-sex attraction. You do not have this sin tied to you from the hand of God to the womb of the woman. But because you are conceived in that womb that is in the flesh that is fallen, then you are exposed to the things that come to the flesh. It's like saying you take a glass of pure water and then you pour it in a well that has dirty water the well is um, it has more power because it has more water and this water is not pure so it's going to consume the water that is pure and you're not going to make the difference right so that dirt is going to be more powerful it's going to swallow it up because it's only just a degree of good water so it's the same that happens that fallenness that has engulfed the flesh of man is the one that engulfs that seed and then makes it subject to all these things that is how you will have these deformations you will have these things happen to a child even before they are come into this world and that's why dedicating children is very important because you are tapping into an anointing that is older than time where people dedicate their children to god and they say lord this child will serve you once you still have that authority as a parent and so child of god when we read that you shall not lie with a man as you would a woman if you're a man and vice versa as a woman when you are in this you are not allowing freedom by allowing these laws by allowing these people and i'm not even saying this because you need to separate the offense and the offender you need to separate the person that satan is beguiling that satan is deceiving that satan is trying to corner you need to separate that person from the lie that they have been told and that's why even when you are addressing that it's not about oh i'm going to offend this person and i'm never going to see them again or i'm going to offend this person and they're not going to come back to my church it's not about that it's about addressing that if you have ever been present in a in a place where deliverance is occurring you might be really scared and run away when a demon manifests and talks back to you, you know. But the authority and the love of God will just try everything it can to address that evil spirit without harming the person because it is the intention of God that this person will be saved. You will see in many deliverance uh, deliverances that are happening in the world right now and some that are yet to come, you will see many of these things online, you will see them in your churches because the time has come for that. 
every time there is a demonic manifestation coming out in the presence of the unction of God, these people will not even have a scar on their bodies, whether they are thrown on the floor, whether they are thrown on the door, whatever. Most times you will see that these people don't have any physical uh, bruise or physical like affliction that comes to them after that. Why? Because God, his intention is that the person is saved and this evil spirit goes out because it's only a spirit. It just needs a body to inhabit. And so even when you address this, it's not to tell the person who is struggling with this particular scene to not come back in the presence of the Lord, but do not return the same. Do not come to church year in, year out, year in, year out, year in, year out, and you're still in the same scene. You do not mark yourself as, hi, I am a sinning Christian. Hi, I am an adulterous Christian. Hi, I am a gossiping Christian. Then why would you say, hey, I'm a gay Christian? No, you do not take on your sin as your identity. And this is the very lie that Satan has used for so many years to convince you that your sin is your identity. You know, to take on that thing. Hi, I am a schizophrenic um, person, but then I still believe God. Why take on that I am precedes the announcement of your identity? I am is the identity. That's why when Moses asked God, who do I tell them sent me? He said, the I am. So even if you say I am and you stop there, you have already branded yourself as the next statement that comes after that. So I, I am telling you that whatever you are experiencing is not new. To you it's not a special case it's not something that god cannot reach out in your heart and release you from and that's why even these writings they are not even after jesus has come they are way before to show you that even before god gave his only son in the physical realm these things were there already and he still chose to die for you knowing that you are susceptible to fall prey to these things and he says you will not lie with this man as you would a woman you will not defile this order because i created you and i know how these things work i know what diseases you will get from this i will i know what abnormalities you will get from this i know and you see satan's part is to really isolate you because satan does not like this community he does not like because the bible says in proverbs that in the multitude of counsel is safety so normally ideally if satan wants to do something to you the first plan the agenda is to isolate you now don't confuse this with people who long for a certain intimacy with god this is a different story it's not about um a certain uh, there there are isolations that that pertain to consecration and how do you know that it's a consecration of god he will always return you to community and he will return you better than when he took you on the side to deal with you there are people who disappear for a month or two or three and by the time they come back 
They are truthful. They want to make peace with people they offended, even people who offended them. They are willing to forgive them if they have not already forgiven them and it's only time to announce it. So Satan's plan is to isolate you. So everything that will make you feel like you have to be isolated, everything that will make you feel like you want to come out of a closet that no one put you in, everything that you feel like requires you to hide because you must first deal with it to come back, that is deception. That is where the enemy will get you. That is where he will lie to you. That is where he will tell you this is too big. And that's why confession and repentance is very key. That's why God demands it. That's why it's so simple when God asks for it. Like it sounds so simple but hard to do because you are so used to listening and yielding to these other familiar spirits that are telling you otherwise. But every person who will tell you, I confessed to a friend or to a pastor or to any trusted individual in my life that I was struggling with porn or masturbation or same-sex attraction or anything. The moment I said it, I felt free. I felt I was shocked to realize that so-and-so was going through the same thing. They always seem so put together. I was shocked to hear that sister so or brother so has done ABCD. And you realize that eh, you were really isolated from this multitude of counsel in which safety comes. And so God's plan will always restore you to himself, but also to his children. That's why... We can't see God. We can't see him physically and touch him. We can't go and meet him at a certain place and say, I went to a date with God in a particular place and we held hands. And But how do we know that we are serving him? How do we know that it's pleasing to his heart when you sign up at church to be an usher or to serve in any ministry according to the gift that's given to you? It's because you serve God through his people. And that is the same with you commune with him by coming together in the fellowship of the saint. And the fellowship of the saint is not just a church. It's where you can feel loved. It's where you will be seen. It's where you will be be embraced when you are encountering something very very difficult for you so i want you to know that this is a hard truth to speak but it's also a hard truth to hear it's harder to hear these things when you are on the struggling end when you are still in that space where you're like if i tell this to so and so if i open up to celeste or whoever They're not going to accept me. They're going to corner me. They're going to do what? That's because we are in a time where church is not so clear. The yes is not yes and the no is not no. So people don't really know. And so they will stand in the gray area. But in God, there are no gray areas. You have to choose which path you will go. And if you decide, hey, this is the life I have chosen. This is the identity I want. This is where I want to be. Go 100 
I love people who make a decision and they go full force because we know that even the time where God will draw your heart to himself, you will also go that other side 100%. So don't be 50-50. Don't sit into something if you're not willing to go 100%. Don't lie to God. Don't make a vow to God that you're not willing to make. That too is one of the scriptures that the Bible uses and says it is an abomination to God. When you make a vow to God and you don't keep it, The Bible says you'd rather not make it. You'd rather not make that vow. So friends, I want you to understand that it is very important to be mindful of what you speak to God. It's important to be mindful of what you choose to do. It's very important to take a stance in the world. Today, I'm giving you a choice. I'm not just saying these things or to be that boring preacher who's just forcing you to do things but weigh things weigh things look at them question them study them understand why you're choosing this if you're choosing to identify with a certain identity whether it's a class of health whether it's a class of gender whether it's a class of what go 100 study this thing be able to respond for it be able to answer for it anything that you are asked whether it's root origin cause or whatever be able to explain it don't be those people who will be like i just feel you know feelings are not factual they are they are real because they are subject to the person who is advancing them i will share more on that eventually but They are not factual, meaning they are not the truth. So I want to invite you to ponder on this. And if you are ready and you just want to come to know about this Jesus I've been speaking about for 50 minutes right now, these are the words that I wish for you to speak wholeheartedly and believe that something has just shifted in your life. And though it might not feel like it or seem like it, you are actually walking towards greater victory. And that is, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I am born again. Amen. So friends, like I said, it was just as hard to speak this as it is to receive it. But I know that it's much harder to receive it or to hear it when it's speaking to your present situation. You cannot come to a man who is who who has an empty stomach and tell them how God is good and he's a provider and he gives all these things if their stomach is telling them I am starving and dying. But eventually, once they have come to this knowledge, once they have come to this gratitude and this place of abundance, knowing how to abound or to lack, but with a thankful heart where you are, like I have seen something that is more than enough in every circumstance, then you're able to preach to such a heart. 
I pray that this reality lands in your heart and becomes a truth where you will allow God to work mightily in and through you to the glory of his name. See you next week on Monday. Thank you for bearing through for this 50 minutes. And I pray that it's a message that will help your friend and their friends and their family and anyone whom you believe is in their need of it. All my love and see you next week. You're blessed.